has sent the church out to do God's work in the world. It's good to see you here. Just a couple of announcements today. Um, today, we're going to have a light lunch after the service in the hall. I invite you to stay if you wish to take in uh, the light lunch. Um, Paula Jane will be off for the next couple of weeks uh, for medical reasons, and so our prayers are with her, and we'll see her back hopefully in about a month's time. Next Sunday is our coffee hour at 10.15, and so we will uh, have coffee hour before church next week, and we also celebrate communion together next week. Um, so masks, the council met the other day, and masks are no longer required in the church, but we do recommend them. So we still encourage you to wear them. Uh, we do have the doors open and the windows open to try to create a cross-freeze through, to try to increase the air circulation, to do what we can to continue to keep each other safe as COVID is still very much a reality in our community. The next church council meeting is scheduled for June 20th, I think it is, the third Tuesday of the month, so we will meet then. If you do ever have any concerns about the church council, you can talk to me or to Tess Forrest, who is the chair of our church council, so anything you would like to bring, you can take it to any council member, for that matter, for discussion. Any other announcements to share today? Yes, so good to see you, Patricia. What's that? And Eleanor, yes. Yes. Absolutely. There's no other announcements. Just, just take a moment then to prepare our hearts to worship our God. I invite you to stand as we start our service off with singing together Rain. We've sung it before, so you'll remember it quickly, I'm sure.
please join me for our opening prayer. It is not on the screen. There you go. Yes, we go. <coughs> Lord, as we celebrate together. Lord, as we celebrate Pentecost, the birth of the church by your Holy Spirit, may your spirit flow through us today as we celebrate the gift of life and love you give. Bless us, O oh God, in our worship this day as we praise you, as we seek you, and as we love you. Amen. Please join with us in a responsive song, Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. God for bountiful mercies. birth of the church as we celebrate God's spirit blowing the through the church and setting a light flames on the, the disciples as they gathered in that room before they headed out into the world. So we are singing in celebration of that. We have our spirit sticks, I guess we'll call them, and feel free to wave them around as we sing together a number of songs, starting with All Over the World.
Spirit, Spirit of Gentleness.
we will sing as we think about the disciples and how they were fed by the Spirit. We think about how we can respond to the Spirit in our own lives. That we invite now the Spirit to open our heart. reading today is taken from Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 3, starting at verse 14. But as for you, continue in the truths that you were taught and firmly believe. You know who your teachers were, and you remember that ever since you were a child, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith 
in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the truth, rebuking errors, correcting faults, and giving instructions for right living. So that the person who serves God may be fully qualified and equipped to do every kind of good deed. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and because he is coming to rule as king, I solemnly urge you to preach the message, to insist upon proclaiming it, whether the time is right or not, to convince, reproach, and encourage as you teach with all patience. The time will come when people will not listen to your sound doctrine, but will follow their own desires and will collect for themselves more and more teachers who will tell them what they are itching to hear. They will turn away from listening to the truth and give their attention to legends. But you must keep control of yourself in all circumstances. Enduring suffering, do the work of a preacher of the good news and perform your whole duty as a servant of God. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we gather today welcoming your spirit among us as we worship you, as we praise you, as we feel your spirit blow through us. And so, Lord, as we hear your word today, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. The world is, is a complicated place right? Science has done some pretty amazing things over the last century. We've learned important things about our bodies, we've learned important things about how the world works around us, and we've learned important things about the universe. There are stories coming out about planets being found in other solar systems. I've read a story the other day, they found a planet in another solar system and around another sun, another star, that has volcanoes. The planet is 90 light years away, which means if we travel at the speed of light, we'll get there in 90 years. The problem is we can't travel the speed of light, so it's going to take a whole lot longer for us to get to this other planet to explore volcanoes. I have no idea how they found this planet, let alone saw enough of it to figure out it had volcanoes. Like, I can't tell what's happening across the street half the time. I love hearing about these new discoveries whether it's in medicine or biology or astronomy, what technology has allowed us to do in recent decades is simply amazing. But then, there's that guy on Facebook. You know who I'm talking about. We all have someone, or social media or something. Someone who's always talking about conspiracies, or the, the scourge of communism in our society, or how our country's going to hell in a handbasket. And then they're posting links to YouTube or right-wing blogs that all report to have the facts. You know, the stuff the government doesn't want you to know. They're all the experts. 
But when you take the expert's name out of the article or the video and Google them, you just find that they're discredited scientists, some of them. Their, ac their academic peers have pushed them out because of lack of integrity, integrity, integrity around their research or just they simply falsified their results. And yet these people seem to have made a name for themselves. And people are buying into these arguments, arguments like the earth is flat, climate change is a hoax, vaccines don't work, vaccines kill you, or even worse, vaccines are how the government controls you. I even saw something the other day that there's a group of people who believe all viruses are fake. All of them, not just COVID. All viruses are fake. It's amazing how people will ignore proper scientific research methods and just latch on to a conspiracy theory simply because it fits their worldview. I mean, God forbid we should need to change anything to protect people or the planet because I might be inconvenienced for five minutes or I might be uncomfortable for a few minutes. Just look at how many people are convinced now that the world is flat. There's a lot of chatter out there about this. Now, we've known for centuries that the world is a globe. We've got pictures. People have gone into space. They've gone around the planet. They've gone to the moon and taken pictures. Yet these people ignore all of it. They say it's fake. They blame the government. I mean, seriously, there are people out there. I saw the other day there's a lawyer who's taken calls from people who have been inconvenienced, <clears throat> who have been inconvenienced by vaccine mandates. He's talking to them because he wants to put together a, a class action suit against the government. I want to just, you know, how about asking the millions of people who have died from COVID how inconvenienced they are? Now you might be thinking, wow, Nick, you've done a lot of research on this. But I haven't. It easily pops up in social media. It's all over the place. I block it from one source and it pops up somewhere else. And then I block it there and it pops up somewhere else. It's all over the place. And none of these arguments, none of these posts, none of these claims can link to one credible source of research. That's all they need to do. Give us a credible source, and maybe you've got an argument. But there's nothing. There's no way to verify their claims at all. And they tell you, well, this is because the mainstream media is controlled by the government, don't you know? Now, a few weeks ago, the World Health Organization has declared that COVID-19 is no longer a public health emergency. And so governments, including our province, have quickly uh, dropped protections put in place to keep people who are vulnerable safe. Safe from a virus that could kill them. Including hospitals and long-term care facilities. Our province is also stopping the reporting of COVID data. Even though one person still dies from the virus every single day in our province. That's what the data says up to this point. Now I'm just kind of waiting for the backlash of all this. How will people treat others who are, who are still concerned about a deadly virus which is easily prevented by, by wearing a mask? How will those of us who are still concerned be treated when we try to protect ourselves and those we love around us? We, the people we don't want to become seriously ill should they catch the virus again. I don't want COVID. I've had it twice now. It's not fun. 
And it can get worse for you long-term, more, the more often you get it. That's what the science is showing. The more often you get COVID, the worse it is for you long-term. So I'm trying to protect my family as best I can and others around me. People are going to listen to the voices that speak. And if no one is speaking about the negative effects of something like COVID, then that means the other side is one. They've got their way. And in the terms of COVID, more people are going to die. And it's not just COVID. It's a whole range of topics. A range of topics where a loud minority of people are causing problems based on rumor and hearsay. For their own benefit, while scientific research and reasonable voices are silenced. Now, I could rant about this all day, but we need to talk about Paul's letter to Timothy. And the examples I've used are just a sample of some of the things that you could say Paul is trying to struggle with. And by that, I mean it's a similar issue. People have twisted things for their own benefit. And sadly, this happens in the church just like everywhere else. Paul begins today uh, by telling Timothy to continue what he's learned and believed from when he was just a child. How from an early age, he, he, he learned and believed about, you know, from Scripture. He became acquainted with the Scripture, which for him would be the Old Testament. And then also sharing in the stories of Jesus, which were being widely shared around that time. They're not written down yet. They're still telling the stories. Now to make sure Timothy remembers, Paul reminds him that all Scripture is from God. And Scripture is what he can use for many things, like teaching and rebuking, correcting, and training people in the church. All these things come together to equip people to be children of God for doing His work. This is important to understand. Scripture, all Scripture, is from God. Now sure, it may have been written down by men, and they may have made a mistake here and there, but the spirit of Scripture, the overall teaching of Scripture, it's all from God. God's presence lives in the words we read on the pages of our Bibles. These are words for us as people of God to use for our own education, our own growth, but they're also to be used to educate others in their own faith development. Specific words or phrases from the Bible are not meant to be taken out of context individually to speak on their own. We're to use them in the context of the time and the situation in which they're written, but also, like we've been talking about with Paul the last few weeks, he's an old man, he's writing his last letters, he's in prison, we're to take it into the context of the entire Bible as well. And as I read these letters myself, I'm thinking about other parts of the Bible that have similar themes and how it all kind of ties together. When we focus too much on one verse or one phrase, it's not that hard to go somewhere else in the Bible and find something to... to uh, to mean something completely the opposite. So if we read the Bible as a whole, it allows us to hold the tension that these different views have in a healthy way. Because then we're starting to see how the whole entirety of the Bible comes together with the message of God's love for all the people. For example, with today's reading, I think of Jesus' teaching in John chapter 8. And in John chapter 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Or if you turn to John chapter 6, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, 
And whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father. And everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus tells us a number of times that he is from God. And he has come to offer the world something. And he talks about bread and life and light. These things that he's bringing to the world. These, these, are, these are metaphors for how Jesus is doing God's work in, in, in God's name. He's inviting people to get to know God through him. Because Jesus is God among us. Part of the work Jesus is doing is, is teaching, rebuking, proving, and correcting, and training. That's what he's doing for people. And if we go back to chapter 8 of John, there's a conversation between Jesus and the Pharisees, which comes right after he says he is the bread of life. It says, So the Pharisees said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not, it, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. Therefore the Pharisees said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Which leads to a discussion that happens a little bit later. The Pharisees said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge. But he who sent me is true. And I declare to the world that I have heard from him. So Jesus is spending some, uh, quite a bit of time here trying to correct the Pharisees and their beliefs. They clearly do not understand who he is and what his purpose is. Yet people around Jesus seem to be starting to get it, the people who are listening to him and following him. Jesus is teaching them the truth. And it is such a challenge to the Pharisees, the way they currently think, that they just can't process it. They can't figure it out. They can't believe he is the Messiah because he is the one they're actually looking for, but they don't realize it. Why not? Because they have twisted the understanding of Scripture into something that benefits them and their way of thinking instead of God's way of thinking. And then we return to Paul's letter to Timothy. And in chapter 4 we read, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off in myths. That sounds a little familiar. In other words, people will believe whatever they want to believe based on what they want to hear. And they will find teachers to tell them what they want to hear. They will fit the teaching into their own life narrative just to remain comfortable, just the way they are. And they push back against any challenging words that take them out of their comfort zone. And when we look at the church, to be perfectly honest, a comfortable Christian is a problem. 
a comfortable Christian is a problem because the world is once, be, once again becoming seriously divided. The rich and the people who live in poverty have never been further apart than they are right now in the history of the world. Political beliefs are all over the place, and pretty much none of them resemble anything Jesus ever taught, despite the fact that some of these places call themselves Christian nations with Christian politicians. The only time they seem to want to get up and fight for anything is when someone challenges them, especially around people who are, are oppressed, and then they get all upset. There are people we want to protect who are different from the norm, but they're still human beings. They're still loved by God, despite the fact they don't, may not look like us or act like us or dress us like us or behave like us or behave what the people in power want to see. They've become like the Pharisees. They just don't see it. They're missing the point. And because of this, people are suffering. Now, protecting a group of people does not mean we necessarily have to agree with them. We don't even have to fully understand them, although we can try. We'll never fully understand, we'll never fully agree on anything, will we? But to protect a group of people simply means we love them, just as Jesus loves them, just as God loves them, just as God loves us. And by loving them as Jesus loves them, they can experience the love of Jesus through us. And then, if Jesus wants them to change, he'll do it. But it's not up to us. That's up to our Father in Heaven. We have very little, we, we have no say, really, in what God wants to do with people. Jesus commands us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we would be best to do it. Not just for the sake of others, but for our own sake. I believe, I believe God will judge us based on one thing, aside from our belief. And the one thing God will judge us, judge us on is how we love our neighbors. Paul is telling Timothy in our reading today to remember his faithful upbringing, to remember all he has learned about Jesus and remain faithful to that teaching. And then we use that teaching to, to help others understand how God impacts their own lives and how maybe they have turned away from God's plan. Paul has seen people use Scripture and twist it for their own, for their own gain, to fit their own expectations, to use it to feel comfortable. That's not the purpose of Scripture. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 10. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be of those of his own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Now, to boil this down simply, because that's a whole other sermon, that passage, but to boil it down simply, Jesus is challenging our way of thinking. To challenge our devotion, to challenge our priorities, to challenge our beliefs all in an effort to see more clearly God and God's way. It applies to matters of science, how people have thrown out years 
of understanding because just because they can't believe that the world is round or they can't believe that viruses exist because to consider these things for some reason makes them uncomfortable it inconveniences them somehow how i have no idea we must stand for what is right we must stand for god and his plan for this world we must stand against the false teachings of people who want to avoid making hard decisions and make them, who just simply want to make themselves comfortable and feel important. Jesus stood up against the Pharisees, the people who were comfortable and felt they were important. He tried to tell them the capital T truth of God, and it cost him his life. It cost Paul years in jail just because he was trying to say, share that same message, and it ultimately cost him his life. And many of the other disciples, it cost them their lives as well. Peter, Stephen, and so on. All of them. Paul knows the struggle of trying to keep his faith. Again and again he faced opposition. He faced people who were warping words of Scripture and the words of Jesus to fit into their comfortable lives, their own agenda. Paul faced jail again and again. He was stranded on an island in a shipwreck. Paul faced it all, yet he persevered. He kept fighting the good fight. He would not turn his back on Jesus, his Lord and his Savior. He would do this to the point where he finished our reading today by saying, as for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. Do the work. Fulfill your ministry. God had a plan for Paul. He had a plan for Timothy. And God has a plan for you. What is your ministry? What is your calling? What is God asking you to do? What is he asking our church to do? What are the challenges we face in, telling, in sharing the truth of God to those who need to hear it, those who have walked away from the faith, and even those who have become complacent and comfortable in their own beliefs? These beliefs that cause pain, that cause suffering for God's people. How do we fulfill the ministry to which God is calling us to help the world around us know him more? Amen. Let us quiet our hearts and our minds in prayer. <clears throat> Almighty and loving God, we gather in this place of worship this morning to praise and glorify you. We give thanks for the many gifts of creation you provide for us and for your unending love and compassion for all your children, even the many times we have failed you and continue to disappoint you, and at times when we have turned away from you, you continue to love us. Lord, as we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, we ask you to give us a vision 
and let us be moved by the power of your Holy Spirit to go among our brothers and sisters and spread your good news. We pray, O oh God, for the freedom and hope for those who are broken and lost. Let them know they are never alone, that you are always present. We pray for peace among the leaders of worn, torn countries where so many innocent lives are lost. We pray that things will come together with their leaders so their people do not have to live in fear every day or risk their lives fleeing their homeland seeking safety. Remember all those in nursing homes, hospitals, shut-ins at home, those awaiting surgery and treatments. And we pray for our medical teams as they struggle to take care of the sick <clears throat> and injured while working in a broken health system. Those who are homeless and lonely, people with addictions and mental illness, Lord, we lift them all up to you. We ask you, gracious God, to be with the firefighters who are battling wildfires, <clears throat> Excuse me. and the people whose homes and communities have been destroyed or are being threatened. And we pray as well for our firefighters in our own communities as burning season approaches, and sometimes this can be quite dangerous. Violence and crime are a great concern in our own community, Lord. And we pray for some way to bring our town of Sydney Mines back to the quiet, <coughs> safe place where we always felt safe. <coughs> Excuse me. But you know we cannot do this on our own. And we need the work of the Holy Spirit within your people to rid our community of the evil that torments us. We pray for those we do not know. We pray for those we do not know that suffer in silence. But God, you know who they are. So we pray they can reach out to you and realize you are the only true sustainer in our lives. And your unconditional love never ends. Regardless of the situation, and you are forever in our presence and will never forsake us. Lord God, through Christ you gave us peace in this world <clears throat> that the world cannot give back. Let your spirit abide in us so we may live in hope, grow in faith, and keep your commandment of love fresh in our minds. We ask this in the name of the Father, who taught us to pray. Our Father, <coughs> hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever and ever.
as we respond to God's call in our lives to be his faithful children. We bring before God all that we have in prayer and in worship, but we also support the work of God in our community and in our church. Our offering will now be received. Let's stand together and sing. I don't have the music for this one, but we know it. We'll sing in a cappella. Grant us God. I'm on a tune already. <laughs> Grant us God the grace of giving with a spirit large and free that ourselves and us pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to serve you, to love you, and to be loved by you. Lord, may that which we have offered you today in body, mind, and spirit, and even through our offering of God, may it be used to glorify your name, and may it spread into the world so all may know that you are Lord. Thank you, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> All right, this next song was by request. This was somebody up in the front, I think it was. Next song, a little boy here. Yes, bring it up there for us.
One more before we go and head into the hall. We just want to remember how great our God truly is. So let us sing of his greatness as we sing how great is our God. The splendor of our King Clothed in majesty Let all the earth rejoice All the earth rejoice He wraps Let's go in the peace of Christ, knowing that God walks with us every single day. That as we seek to be his children, he calls us to love and serve one another. To love and serve those who are around us. To lift up the voices that are weak. To challenge those who are strong. And to be one with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, for now and forever. Let us go in the peace of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is in our lives every single day. Amen. <laughs>